This is Who's the Man, a podcast on biblical manhood in a post-Christian world. My name is Mitchell Ross. I'm Josiah Ferenzi. And I'm Chris Whitehead. And today on uh, this episode, we're going to dive into the topic of work and what biblical manhood uh, informs of our idea of work. What should it be when we think about biblical manhood and work? So an obvious starting point would be to think about why do we work to begin with? Uh, Pastor Chris, you want to kind of speak into that? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mitchell. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't think God's original plan was for us to work, Hmm. actually, uh, at least not in the way that we work today. Hmm. The the reason we work the way that we do today is because of the fall. And Adam and Eve ate of the the fruit that they were not supposed to eat. And one of the the fallouts or the, the ramifications of them choosing to not follow God's design is that God said, you're going to have to work, and you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to toil and strive uh, for the work that you have. Uh, so we do have you know, this reason why we call it work and not play or not fun because right. of what happened in the garden thousands of years ago. Yeah. I think that when we think of, of work through a biblical lens, uh, we often like to, I know some big conferences do it, but look at that biblical narrative, creation and fall, redemption and restoration. Uh, and I think that can also inform how uh, work impacts and, and how it was transformed. Because when we start with creation, the Christian faith gives work a new identity. Uh, and I think that that's the starting point of, of and I don't want to jump out, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Uh, I think that work can be a good thing uh, because we'll see when we get to the redemption part. Jesus redeemed work. Uh, but I'm going to let Josiah speak a little bit about why we work and his perspective on that uh, before I go further because I think I was getting ahead of myself. Sure, yeah. I mean, like you said, Chris, the fall, it twisted work and whatever whatever work God had intended in, in the garden that would take place would have been perfect work. And it would have been work that, that gave only life and was... The, because there is there is something good about about the work of our hands and the the things you know the the sweat of our backs and all of those things, and so I think now that we are post fall still in fall, mm-hmm. um, I, I think another reason that we that we work is to bring glory to God, mm-hmm. and so we see throughout Scripture different places where work is commanded and commended. It's it's referred to as a good thing. You have Colossians three twenty three. Whatever you do, work at it with all your hearts as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And we'll talk more about that dichotomy of good work versus versus bad work. Um, but but work in in and of itself, it's it's really interesting to me. In another little Bible study that I've been in, we've been studying the book of Ecclesiastes, and in the first chapter, the first couple of verses, it says meaningless, <laughs> meaningless, everything. It is utterly meaningless, and then it says, "What does man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever." But then, just a few chapters later, in Ecclesiastes five, uh, he said, "The teacher says, then I realize that it is good and proper for a man to eat and drink and to find satisfaction in his toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given him, for this is his lot." Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift from God. So um, I think working for God and to the glory and honor of God, which, again, I don't think lines up, Chris, with what you were saying, which is we have a skewed view of 
of what work is now. So, which is you know that this finding satisfaction in it is one thing you know through the lens of Solomon writing Ecclesiastes, but different through the lens of what you were talking about just a few moments ago about the redeeming work of, of Jesus that redeems our work. Right. And so you want to say more about where you, were, where you were going? Right. And I think Josiah started to hit at it when, when he was talking about the Colossians verse, uh, whatever we do, do it for the Lord. Jesus' work on the cross, the gospel changes our concept of what work is. All of a sudden now, any time that we're working and toiling with our hands, like Ecclesiastes says, now we, we're doing it for uh, as worship, and it's it, it's not just work for the for the sake of working. It's not just meaningless, as, as Solomon might say. Uh, but work is now worship, and the gospel is working on us uh, on a macro level, but also on, on a micro level. And, and the work of the cross, capturing uh, our sinful heart, redeeming it, and saying, "Okay, now the work that I'm going to do is meaningful because it's worshiping the one who died on the cross for me." Yeah. And I love how so it's. Jesus is redeeming it and then almost like proclaiming it because so when you become a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your heart, in your life, and you are given at least one spiritual gift, mm-hmm. right? And you're supposed to use, you're supposed to work in a way that uses that spiritual gift to bring glory to God, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it, it's all together. So we, we see the Trinity there, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. think that uh, whenever we realize that you know, there's something inside of us as followers of Jesus and as men that, that God providentially put inside of us for his glory that, oh, wait, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. And it should inspire us and excite us to be able to be like, how can I use what God has put inside me as his workmanship for his glory and to, to work that out? And I think that on our podcast here, one of the things that we want to do is be transparent uh, and relatable to people. So not just proclaim these ideas, but kind of show you how it's transformed in, in our own life. And so let's just take our own personal paths as examples today and kind of talk about what our perspective of work of was growing up and kind of how that's changed and, and how that influenced the work that we're in now. Uh, I don't know. You want to start, Josiah? Yeah. So last week we talked about some of the men that had influenced us and each one of us said that our, our fathers had greatly impacted that. And so I think I mentioned last in the last episode that my dad's a really hard worker. And so I think I got kind of a twofold picture of work growing up because in some ways I was inspired by the work that my dad was doing. And in other ways, I didn't like work because sometimes it felt like, sometimes it almost felt like work took my dad away. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I wrestled early with the balance between work and rest, which we'll talk about sort of towards the end of the episode, but it was really good, and I, and I couldn't, as a kid, always reconcile, okay, this is a good thing. Hey, we just, you know, we built, for example, at our, at our house growing up, we built a, a barn, a, a log <laughs> barn, and put it, and it was like this really beautiful building and structure and useful and all of these things. And it's like, how do you reconcile that with, oh man, I, you know, there's uh, an almost an absence of, oh hey, where's where's dad? Oh he's he's out working, and there were plenty of times where I was out there with him, and then there were times when I wasn't. And so growing up, I think I sort of saw work as potential good and potential evil, and for myself personally, I never wanted to 
I guess I never wanted to be consumed by work. The, uh, the whole idea of a nine to five was terrible. It was terrible to me. And now, you know. That's why you're a worship leader. Right, right. Yeah, so much more freedom in that. Um, but still, but you know, but now I'm 25 and I do have office hours and I have an office where I work and I have things that I need to do and deadlines that I need to meet. And so I can now see where as a kid, I would sometimes wonder like, oh, you know, dad, why are you working when you could be playing? And yeah. it's like, yeah, you, you do have to work. And so right. um, it's all of that, you know, forming and swirling around each other that's kind of informed my sense of work. And, and really just lately in these past couple months and even year, I've been trying to maybe reshape what that, what that looks like. But It's interesting you said, like, so your dad was a school teacher, so there's, that's his, his paid job, mm. and you said, and then you would see him working on this barn, this log cabin. Like so as a kid, you equated both of those as work. Right. Right, and I'm, you know, my dad worked out, you know, as an executive, and when he worked, like work was working at your office at the mm. you know Same. and not I did, would never really had that idea of when you're cutting the grass or doing any kind of thing that wasn't your paid job yeah. that wasn't necessarily I mean it was work yes but not almost like there was two different kinds of work right. and like you sounded like you were combining those in the way that you you saw them as a kid with you know through you know looking at your dad right. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think our individual wirings also will play a huge part in this because my dad and I, as similar as we are in some ways, we're really different in other ways. And so, as again, as I talked about in the, the first episode, I'm more of a creative kind of, I've always sort of been go with the flow, fly by the seat of my pants, a little bit of just sort of, I'm, I want to be outside, you know, I wanted to be outside too, but I wanted to be playing pretend and, you know, <laughs> running around, kind of all those things. So so it is interesting, and I didn't even think about it until you said it, but work in my brain for my parents wasn't him teaching. It was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's what kind of maybe f- puts food on the table, but it was like, how do you balance the, 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 the other aspect of work uh, with what you're doing at home and, and, and all of those things, so. And Mitchell, last time you said, like, you look kind of have a lens of what hardworking is because of how hard working your dad was. Right. And so what Josiah was saying resonated with me uh, in the fact of I saw my dad always working, but it was such a great example to me of, of just what the world sees as manhood, putting your nose down and working hard. And he wasn't going to the steel mill. He was an attorney. So he, he had a white-collar job, and he's going – nine to five or mm. often sometimes later than that but you know usually nine to five he's doing his work and then he's coming home and it's like oh we got work around the house to do what, what are you talking about is all we do is work but there's that two aspects of work that you were talking about Chris with like the work that he was doing uh, outside and, and how I viewed his job but also the work that he did by choice at home that's not even by choice I guess it's just you know if you're having a family and you have a house there's certain things you have to do to maintain it so I do see that tension between the different types of work. But to share someone a little bit about how my journey of, of my faith has impacted what my view of work is, I think that much like Josiah, I looked at, at my dad as he was doing whatever type of work it was, was like a bad thing. Uh, I think that growing up, if you ask my dad what kind of kid was Mitchell, <laughs> he's going to say, good, kind, 
lazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be in the top five adjectives that he would use. Uh, Thank you for owning it. Right. right. <laughs> and I, I mean, when I look back on my teen years, especially, like, I have to own it because I just, I thought life was about enjoyment and, and having fun. And so if, uh, you know, if I got done with my homework or something and I had two or three hours before bed, I want to play PlayStation or watch football or watch movies. Uh, and my dad's like, no, sometimes work is required of us. Mm. Uh, and I think that I always viewed that as a bad thing. And now, like you said, Josiah, I can see the benefits of, of what work brings in my life. Uh, even fast forward to when I graduated from college, I had a couple internships and then the first real job, I was working in a newspaper uh, in the middle of Pennsylvania and I had to drive 30 minutes to work down back winding roads and I would get to work every day and kind of be like, yeah, like, what am I doing? Like, this is not, is this really what, what the real world is? What, what working is like? Uh, and that's part of it, but it's, it's not, we don't have to be a slave to, to work. I think what I said earlier about Christ redeeming our view of work is what's kind of happened to me. And yeah, I can say that now in a seat that I am uh, in working at Charter Oak Church and in a job that I am more passionate about. And it's easy to say that that work is redeemed in my life. But like I had to walk through that experience of, of a job I didn't like uh, first to see that, okay, hard work is okay. You don't always have to like it. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, but now that I do like my job, uh, you have to go the other way and say, well, don't work too much. And I know we were going to talk about that too. Yeah, and I think we've all been impacted by our dads and just what we saw in our dads and uh, in terms of their work ethic. And I think even just listening to you guys talking, I know my dad, just how they shaped us not only by what they did, but what they said in those kind of moments. Like, hey, sometimes you just got to, you, you can't sit around and play all the time. And at that, that time, I don't know that, we really understood it yeah. until we got into it and started living it and like, oh, now I understand yeah. what my dad was saying <laughs> and like, what does that look like and what does that mean? You know, my dad, white collar worker also, he came home like the same time every day, mm. you know, and then I don't know when that hit me that like, you know, those kind of jobs, there's, it, it never ends. There's always something more to do. Mm-hmm. And so the kind of the conscientious decision of, I'm going to leave at the same time so that I can go home to my wife and kids. Right? And the consistency of that yeah. was, you know, I didn't see it at the time. I was just like, oh, he gets home at 5.30 every, every night. You know, and like, oh, wait, now I understand what he was yeah. stopped doing in order to be able to, that level of consistency was like, oh, that's pretty good. You know, like, I should do that. Because right. you know? now I have a job that never ends either. It's like, oh, I, at some point you just have to stop and go home and be a part of the family. Because if you don't, then I think it goes back to the fall. Hmm. And just it, it messes with our relationship with God. It, relationship, it messes with our relationship with our family and ourselves and, and with others. And it's almost living in denial of the gospel whenever we make work a God and we kind of set it up as an idol of like, oh, I'm going to find all my identity and all of my, you know, self-worth in what I do and what people say about me in what I do mm-hmm. instead of what 
Jesus declares about us um, as disciples of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, there's something deep there, and I think that's what we want to sort of focus on for the last little bit is what's the relationship between work and rest? What's the, rela- what's the relationship between work and play? What's the relationship that we have to have with work so that, you know, I don't know about you guys, but the amount of times that, just what you were talking about, Chris, where my mom or my dad would say, you know, when you're older, you'll understand some of these things, which as a kid, you're like, there's no way that I'm ever going to understand, and then you do. And But at the same time, wanting to, uh, you know, you are both dads, and I would like to be a, a, be a dad one day, and so... That, that aspect of, man, now those attributes of my dad that I saw that as a kid I didn't always get, now I do. And I want to also, so, you know, I want to strive to implement that same passion and that same drive for, hey, this is good work. This is, uh, my dad actually put it in a really cool way. It stuck with me for years and... It, it always comes to mind he, because he was one time drawing the dichotomy between his paid job and working on something like a barn or you both know he's recently been he recently flipped a house and is now working on another one and so one of the ways that he described it to me later in life and I think it ultimately really helped me to see things from his perspective and, and change my whole outlook on my childhood was when when I'm at you know when I'm teaching when I'm at my paid job, is it my you know all-time favorite thing? You know, wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Probably not. You know, it, maybe not always. Like you said, Mitchell. Like now you're working in a job that you're more passionate about. It's like, you know, in all of our ideal worlds, maybe our our jobs are never going to fulfill all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like I might be at school teaching, and it's yeah, it's you know, I, you know, I like the kids, and it's it's great, and it's it's good work. But um, sometimes the work is just kind of. You know, you do it because you have to. On the other hand, when I get to go over and work on something like the A-frame or work on the barn, those are things that I enjoy, and therefore the work is so much better, and it doesn't—it e- almost doesn't even feel like work. Mm-hmm. And that has stuck with me for so long, and it's just kind of this idea of like what you were talking about earlier, Mitchell. What we do is is important, and if you're in, in a state of, of misery in the work that you're doing. So maybe maybe we want to talk about good work, bad work, and again, that relationship between work and play or work and rest and, and how all those things intertwine. Yeah, and I think that there's a number of different things. We could go down uh, based on what you just said, but I want to start with uh, that relationship between work and rest. Uh, and when we were kind of talking about what we wanted to share in this episode... Uh, one of you guys had shared this statement about we should work from our rest, we shouldn't rest from our work. Mm. I don't know if you want to talk into that a little bit and Chris and explain what that means. Yeah, it's really the, the Jewish understanding of Sabbath keeping. Mm. And so there is this idea that you know, the only way that we can really truly be refreshed and renewed is by you know, John 15, which... Uh, Jesus said, you know, abide in me, rest in me, because apart from me you can do nothing. And so I think he was even kind of referring back in some ways because Sabbath keeping is about resting in God and, our, and deepening our, our relationship with God so that we're coming out of a 
a full tank instead of like, oh, I just, I need to, I need a break from work. Mm. And, and so when we have that kind of mindset of like, I need a break from work, then, then we do things that don't actually like restore us and renew us as disciples of Jesus. So like, I'll admit that I've been known to over the years get caught up in a, a video game and <laughs> Kelly's like, oh, I'm going to bed. And I'm like, what time is it? And, you know, and then I look again and it's like two o'clock in the morning. And I'm, you know, I'm like, I am not any more rested. I'm actually now sleep deprived. And I didn't actually truly rest in Jesus. Right. And there's a huge difference. I've come back from vacation more tired. Right. Because it, it, it was a break from work. I was resting from work, but I wasn't actually resting in Jesus. And as I'm still figuring that out, still learning about that, uh, I just it has been so transformational for me in the way of seeing Sabbath keeping and rest and work and, and how all those are connected together. I think it's super easy in our culture today to have that happen about, you said about coming back from vacation even more tired. Well, how often are we just working towards that vacation? We work, 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 we work, looking forward to that one week off and then we come back and we're even more tired. Or, you know, within two days, we're like right back in the grind. You need a vacation from your vacation. Right. Exactly. Uh, especially if you have little kids. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it's, it's not a vacation. It's a memory-making trip. That's what I tell myself. Yeah, so. But even then, outside of the family perspective on vacations, you come back and you're like, all right, we're right back at it again. Uh, Carrie Newhoff, I believe it was, who said, it, the problem is it's not how we spend our time off it's how we spend our time on that's mm -hmm. what the problem is right. uh, and so what does that mean spending our time on how we view work uh, what's that relationship between work and rest family and, and that work-life balance like you were talking about Josiah yeah yeah and one of the things that I always come back to is the 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 first work the, the creation of everything and how God implemented that creation working for six days and resting on the seventh and the principles that are implied there and you know the main one being god wasn't tired he wasn't you know the the resting on day seven implies that he was he was finished he did the work and he was done he wasn't exhausted and collapsing on a heavenly couch right he was he was done with the work and and then just the principle that that Jesus later implements of, you know, Sabbath was it was made for the man. It's not the other way around. It's like it was made to be a time for us to reconnect with God, to rest in His strength, to be rejuvenated, rather than just oh, I'm done with work and now I'm gonna sit on the couch and play video games for three hours because it's kind of a mindless task that I enjoy or that will take me away from reality. And even in the story of creation, there's he rests every day, mm. right? And so there he does the creative work, right? He stops. He declares that it's good or very good, mm -hmm. right? So he has to, in order to be able to do that, he has to stop and he has to look at it, right? And then, like, then there's a, you know, it was the, you know, it was night and then there was day, you know, and like counting off. So I mean, it just yes, there's there's this even God has this rhythm of work and rest throughout creation, and then at the end. Resting, and so if, if, if it was good for God, I think it's a gift for us. Right. How do we kind of practically implement that into our life, though? You know, because it's so easy. I think if we look at 
your average American male. You know, that's that's who we're trying to talk to as we do these these podcast episodes. And you know, just guys like us. Uh, you know, we're just people living our life. Uh, but so many, I think, just it's about you know whether it's the nine to five or whatever your shift is. You're coming home, crack open a cold one, sit on a couch, do it again tomorrow. You know, do it again tomorrow. But I think the reason that we're talking about work is because when you see it the way that God sees it, now all of a sudden it's not just, you know, oh, here's another day, let's do it again tomorrow sort of thing. But it's like this spiritual, healthy rhythm that allows us to live and work from a place of, of, of health and, and just the way that God intended it to be. Yeah, so for me, the practicality of it gets played out in a couple of ways. The first thing is that I'm coming to a new a new kind of understanding in my life of what work is and I would like for work to become in my life focused around the you know the the idea of we need to go forward and make disciples and so that was the commission that Jesus gave his followers was to say hey this this good news the gospel go share it with people and in that sense my vocation now matters a whole lot less than who am I, whose lives am I blessing just by being around them? And so that really helps me to not worry so much because some people excel in a nine to five. Some people, man, that's their sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they get there at nine o'clock and from nine to five, they're just a blessing to their environment. That doesn't mean that I have to be that. That doesn't mean that Mitchell has to be that or that Chris has to be that. What it means is like, where's your, find your sweet spot plug in there and and then and then the the you know like Ecclesiastes said the the toilsome labor the the work that we do have to do even when it gets I don't want to I don't really feel like doing this right now your perspective isn't it's no longer focused on the work it's focused on the the work it's focused on the capital W work of man there are people who need Jesus and I'm just going to do the best that I can where I'm at to to bring Jesus to people right and that perspective changes our whole outlook on life uh, and, and what it means to work. And I think that uh, I read a great analogy that I just wanted to share quickly. And it's like God looking at uh, us as individuals, he, he's not necessarily impressed or dependent upon our abilities and, and our accomplishments. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But if we do work, our work that he's given us for his sake, mm. well, then all of a sudden it pleases him just as a child's drawing might please me you know so i have a three-year-old daughter she comes home from kids ministry on sunday she's got this coloring page that it's scribbly it's outside the lines <laughs> to you guys that piece of paper is worthless <laughs> but for me because of my relationship with my daughter her little piece of work no it's not going to end up in the louvre somewhere you know uh, in france where, where people are using doing it by the millions but it's 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 work it's a, it's a pleasurable work for me because of our relationship and I think you guys can kind of see where I'm going with this. Mm. Our relationship with the Father impacts our work. And so now, now that we view work from that healthy perspective that you just talked about, Josiah, now we can see God sees our work, even if to us it looks like something that's meaningless, but to Him it's not. It's exactly what He created us to do. Yeah. And just like you want to put it on your refrigerator, yes. same thing. He wants to display it because it's bringing Him glory and honor and praise. Absolutely. When we're working for that purpose. Right. In our sweet spot, as you said, Josiah, and I think that brings delight to his heart. I mean, mm-hmm. we see that throughout scripture, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, uh, any other closing thoughts before we close this episode? I mean, I think everybody needs to check in on themselves. Like, right. am I working in my sweet spots? I mean, everything's not going to be like 100% all the time sure. in my sweet spots. And so don't going to have this Pollyanna look of like, oh, I can only work whenever I'm going to at a place where it's going to be 100% just glorious all the time and right. rainbows and unicorns. Uh, but are you actually working in that sweet spot? Are you setting boundaries around yourself in terms of time and making sure you are prioritizing your relationship with your family father, you're with your wife, if you're married, with your kids, if you have kids, or you know, with friends or with family, if you're, if you're single or if you're married, like, is all of that happening or is it moving into something you know, more in terms of the curse of work that happened because of the fall or is it redeeming work because of the resurrection of Jesus? Absolutely. It's the second time I heard the phrase Pollyanna today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Floating around. It really is. Uh, yeah, I would also encourage you guys to just think about what is your view of work? Uh, is it biblical? Is it healthy? Uh, and why do you view work the way you do? Just spend some time thinking uh, on that aspect and, and just from your own personal perspective. Yeah, it's a great action step. And then the other one that we wanted to leave you guys with is just to, just to do a priority check in your life. We, Chris, you just touched on it. Are, are you putting your wife... First, are you putting your kids, uh, you know, and the the things that are really important above work, or is work the utmost? Is work the the thing that you, even if it's an escape, is that what you're prioritizing? So, so just take a take a look at your life, and and do you need to shift something on your priority list? Is there something that that has place that it that it shouldn't, and and how how can you how can you make that shift happen? And then asking the people who you love and who love you, mm. do they see it the same way that you right. see it? Because right. that's a really good kind of gut check of like, well, <laughs> maybe not quite the same. Yep. You might say, I'm doing fine in this. And your wife says, are you? Right. <laughs> or your mom or <laughs> our moms or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you guys so much. It's as a pleasure. Uh, as always, it is a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, until next time, thank you for listening to Who's the Man? Go out and live like Jesus. Jesus.